for you. An artist, a challenge, a bullshit, a wisdom, and a surprise. Tune in and feel the magic of fire. Hello, everyone. This is Marta. And this is Anna. And this is You've Got Five Options show. And why are you laughing your ass off? <laughs> Because I was just looking at you. <laughs> and you and had that, this kind you. of a... a <laughs> you had that blank face and I had a feeling like you are thinking, which show is this? And I was like, oh my God, I don't know what to say. And I was, I thought we have an understanding here. Yes, yes we do. We do. I we thought you were laughing about the dance, the, the little dance she was doing, like... No, I was not laughing about the little dance. We are having two radio shows and they have different intros and different ways of how we present ourselves to the world. And it is becoming sometimes confusing when we record one after another. So I thought that Marta's blank and somehow uh, oblivious expression was uh, trying to signal me, Anna, I don't know what I'm doing. What am I supposed to say? And I was trying to tell you back with my, you know, deer caught in a headlights face. I don't know, Marta. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but we are here and we made the proper intro. So this is not so bad. It's not so bad indeed. It's and so uh, bad. and our guest here in the studio is just uh, looking slightly baffled and yeah, wondering slightly. what the hell have I gotten myself into? Hello, is, is, Jorn. Is, is that true? Hi. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> okay. We need, we need to it's new. It's new. Yeah, it's we need different. to sprinkle some water on him or, yeah. or something. Yeah. Hello Jorn. Great Hi. to have you here. Well, it's great to be here and thank you for inviting me. For yeah. for people that is not looking at this, Jorn has one of the best eyes in the world. You know that? Eyes for radio. Yeah, yeah. Eyes, eyes for, for radio. radio. <laughs> well, we do usually have pictures of our guests on our artwork. So if you do agree to send us uh, some picture, then our audience can also uh, see look into your, your eyes. Look yes. into your eyes. Yes, yes. but we are not here today to look into Jorn's eyes. Ah. We are here to talk about something quite amazing and I think quite spot on for the end of 2020. <laughs> apocalypse, zombie apocalypse, uh, cosmic federation. Uh. Almost. Almost. <laughs> Almost that big. And it's not a coronavirus conversation, even though it's 2020. I have a question for Jorn today. Actually, more than one, but there is that, like, the question. Can you cure addiction? That's what we are going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. and, I we, think and we have one hour. And we have one okay. hour, yes. yes. No Good problem. challenge, eh? Yeah, no problem. <laughs> no problem. Can we cure it within one hour? Everything is possible. <laughs> oh, that's a good answer. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Dave. Everything is possible, yes. Yeah. 
Now, I think it's uh, coming back to, to the topic and maybe making it a little bit more serious, but I think our listeners are used to our slight goofiness at the beginning of the show. I think it's an extremely uh, proper topic for 2020 because I think it's a year when many people might be struggling with, uh, with either addiction or lack of help due to certain restrictions in many countries where, for instance, their safe places or sponsors or whatever were cut out from there due to lockdowns. So I think this actually will be extremely valuable program. No pressure for you, Jon. Um, that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. I, I like pressure. <laughs> so I'm actually really looking forward to and I think I hope we will reach as many people as possible today with this show. Well, today we are reaching some people already now. We, uh, uh, unlike usually, have some audience here in the studio. Still yes. below 10 people, so don't yeah. worry. <laughs> we are following regulations and they've made sure that we are sitting in good distances to follow the rules. <laughs> Be careful with what you say to women. Yeah, but uh, yeah, o officially everything is good in this house, yeah. Yes, and uh, we are hoping to reach people when it's going live. Yes. So let's start with your and your story. Um, and <laughs> don't look at me like that. It's, it's because you cannot see how she's looking at me. <laughs> I'm looking at you with love and compassion. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay. So, um, all right. Let's... <laughs> Okay. okay, just we need to shake off the, the, the okay, the goofiness and uh, yeah, but I will I will look well, the other way. We don't want the story to be too sad. So that's that's, no, that's a very strong. good beginning. And and happiness is definitely something that cure addiction. Oh, so. happiness yeah. is something. Okay, so we are done. We are. We, yes. we are, <laughs> no, we are, we we are definitely fighting it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. so I would like to ask you a very personal question, Jorn. Please do. do you have some experience with addiction? A little bit, yes. A little bit. Yeah. Okay. So, what, what, what were you addicted to, or are you addicted to? Yeah, good question. Well, uh, okay, let's say, good what question. were you? Well, well, let's just. Um, um, well, what I definitely can say is that I've used chemical stuff to cope with life. You've used chemical stuff to cope with life. Yeah. And I did that for about 17, 18 years, where that was my main go-to when, whenever something happened that I had, you know, difficult difficulties relating to or it was difficult for me to handle, that was where I went. So how did that all start? Yeah, that's a very, very good question. Um, well, there's, there's different perspectives to look at it. Um, I view it very differently now than I did when I was 14 and when I was 24 and when I was 31. Uh, I'm now 39 and I have been clean and sober for seven and a half years. So it's been a while. Um, but we can just be, you know, begin at how it was for me. Um, it was difficult for me to be a teenager, as it is for everybody. And um, it was difficult for me to relate to other people, especially. And I didn't really understand what I was supposed to do and not supposed to do. And I think that is very normal. Um, 
first time I had an opportunity to drink where there was enough alcohol and no parents, I had the most happy experience in my life. I realized that if I drink, I have no problems. I can relate to you. I am not afraid of you. I always felt that um, that you were better friends with each other than you were with me, you know, and 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 just like that, just by drinking a little bit, that disappeared. I felt wonderful. I felt happy. I could do all the things that I dreamed of doing, but I never dared to do. So it was a great experience, and. I think a lot of people have that experience. I hope they do. Um, that you can get a different experience if you add a little something to your system. Um, for me, it was a very, very big thing. And it ended up being my go-to thing for every little problem I ever had. And all the new problems that came, I handled it the same way. And at some point, um, we start calling that addiction. Um, in the beginning, it's just me using alcohol mainly. Um, like everybody else, I'm Danish. I am 14, 15 year old. We are all drinking. And we're all drinking a lot. And we're all talking about it. And every opportunity we get, we do drink. Um, so it looks very normal. And I think I think along, you know, for, for a lot of it, it I'm very normal. Um, but I I took some extra steps, you know. I I did it more than others, and yeah, it um, it became my solution. So alcohol, cannabis, a little bit of other stuff. Um it was never uh, a problem. In, in, in my point of view, it was never a problem. It was a solution to my problems. Yet at some point you have decided to stop doing that. Yeah. Why did you decide that? Um, it's a slow process. Um, in the beginning, I was very happy and there were no downsides at all. You know, I, 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 well, I fell asleep outside and it was below zero. So people had to go find me and um, I would get sick a lot and I would do things that I don't remember. Um, but I was 15 and it was not a problem. It was cool. Um, it's not cool when you're 25 and supposed to be an engineer. Um, it's not cool when you are supposed to be a good son at your mother's 50 years birthday. Um, it's um, slowly it, it, it sort of turned from only positive to positive and sometimes a little negative. And well, in the end, it, it was purely negative. Um, I didn't gain anything from it. And I still kept doing it. Mm. So I, I guess that's the point where most people will call it an addiction. You know, I, 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 I still wanted to do it. I always wanted to drink. I always wanted to smoke. 
Um, but at the same time, I wanted to quit. So I wanted to smoke more, I wanted to drink more, but I also wanted to drink less and smoke less. Um, it's a weird situation to end up in, um, to wanting to do it all the time, I want to stop at the same time. Um, yeah. So you, you were in that period of uh, wanting both for a little while, I guess. Yeah, I think for... Well, I am looking back now, and and <laughs> I believe that I'm wiser. So I don't know how how much of it. Well, the way I remember it, it was about five or six years, I think. The 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 last half of my twenties, I I I had that sort of both things going on. So tell us about that time when finally the one where you wanted to do less of it or like none of it. <laughs> how did that resurface? What happened for you? Well, the uh, thing that made me stop was that it did not work anymore. If I, w I, I believe, I don't know, but I believe if I would still get uh, something positive from drinking, I would still be doing it. That's my belief. Um, the, there was a lot of consequences. You know, it, slowly the consequences became bigger and bigger. Uh, I never really cared about that, to be honest. I, I don't really care about the things I lost, the people I lost. You know, it it was sad, but it had no weight. I needed to drink, and that was always in my head more important. So what finally made me stop was when the alcohol stopped working. The other stuff stopped working in my 20s. The alcohol was the last thing that I held on to, and, and I was 31 when I finally realized that it's not working at all. When I was 30, it still worked a little bit. I still got a little bit of that release, that feeling that everything's okay. But at 31, that feeling was completely gone. And that is definitely the darkest moment in my life. That is, the darkest moment is not when I was drinking the most. The darkest moment is when the drink stopped working. So tell us a little bit about that experience. How did it feel when it stopped working? Well, that's very desperate. It's a very, very desperate moment. Um, for all my adult life, I had believed, and to some degree it was true, that alcohol can solve all my problems. You know, it, it, if I had a problem, I, I f if I felt something inside of me that I couldn't handle, drinking would make that go, com go away completely. And then the next day I would feel slightly differently or I could drink again. So in my perspective, it did work. Mm. So when I finally was standing there realizing it doesn't work anymore, then I felt 14 and I felt all the negative stuff, but I lost the positive. So I was desperate like never before. I, 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 I had no idea what to do and where to go. And for the first time in my life, I had, I had nothing. I had no idea. And it was the, the, the biggest experience of fear I ever had. And, and it, it, was, it was a period of, of anxiety attacks. And yeah, um, if I ever were to kill myself, that would have been the time. 
Yet we, you clearly didn't. I didn't. We are I'm really happy I didn't. I'm still here. <laughs> yes. I'm really happy I'm still here. Uh, I'm really happy to, I, I forgot to disclose it at the beginning of this interview, that Jorn is my very dear friend. So I'm very happy. Uh, and I think we have some audience here that is also very happy. Uh, <laughs> Yay! Jorn's girlfriend is uh, here with us in the studio. Very so, well. yes. Uh, we are definitely very happy you did not decide to do that. So you were totally desperate, feeling like this 14-year-old with the difference that you don't have anything that helps you anymore. Yeah. So what happened? Well, at that time, I... Um, well, I don't know. Uh, it's going to be a little bit magical now. It's going to be a little bit uh, spiritual because... Um, we allow it. We allow it. That's okay. We allow it, okay. yeah. What is in the spiritual, by the way? Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, I feel still a, a bit of a warning. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what happened. Um, to me, it appears that something came that had not been there before. Uh, I was very desperate. I was very much in panic. I was scared as never before or after. And somehow there was also a tiny feeling of relief, like it's finally over. And I don't know what that meant. I don't know where that came from. But there was, with the panic, there was a little bit of relief. And that's a weird feeling, to be in, in, in the worst panic ever and still, ah, okay. And then a thought came that I needed help. And that's one of the things that I've never been good at, asking for help. I always knew that I was the smartest person in the room. So asking someone for help would, that was just, I will, that's not an option. I will deal with this myself. So there was a little bit of an opening that, okay, I might not have all the answers. So I had a little bit of an opening to listen to other people. And the idea that came to me was, uh, I believe from an old movie or something, it was just, When people end up here, they go to AA. So that's what I did. I looked up, what is AA? Where is it? I had, I, I knew nothing. So. And how did, idea. yeah, AA, how, what role did it play in that period where you found yourself desperate with just a little opening? Well, AA gave me a hope that, um, that there was something else that I just for 31 years had not seen. Because I met people, I met people who were like me and they had stories like my stories. Um, some of them had, had far worse stories. Um, but I could also tell that they were doing all right. And some of them had not been drinking for like five years. That was just... I had no idea that was possible. So it, it gave me hope that, okay, there might be a solution that I just haven't seen. And that's a new thing for me, to, to, to believe that there is a solution or an option that I don't know. That was, that was new. 
I confirm uh, when I met uh, Jorn for the first time, we participated in a workshop together and Jorn disclosed that he does not like to ask questions <laughs> because <laughs> really asking for like help, that. like asking for help, that's one thing, but not even <laughs> liking to ask questions. No. That was a very unusual, uh, that was a very unusual problem, yeah. I would say in my eyes, like, wow, that's a, it's a weird defense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's but but yeah I know for some reason I use that defense a lot, and I still do a little bit. You know, uh, I think there's a well th we don't have to go into gender, but I think there's a man thing about um, at least not asking directions. You know, it's, it's doesn't feel good. Yeah, I know. I saw Dave trying to assemble some furniture without a manual because exactly. yeah. <laughs> what? <so>. Why did <laughs> I go drag into this conversation? No, yeah. Because you are. Uh, because you're here and I don't know you on that well to put that kind of example. <laughs> no. Okay, we, we could argue it's a it's a gender thing or not. I, I believe there is a bit of a truth to it, definitely. Um, but there is a very interesting image of you that is emerging from this story. Um, someone who definitely had an impression of himself that he's self-sustainable. Yeah. Someone who can self-solve everything. And I guess in this equation, the, the addiction to alcohol fits. However, probably what was your blind spot was that it was the alcohol that was still helping you to self-solve those things. So it wasn't self-standing. Yeah. It was self-standing with an aid of a substance. But still got help. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I can definitely see that emerging from... From you, so it had to be really hard to get here with no directions then, or yeah. you had a GPS. <laughs> well, I had a GPS today. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, my I actually, and my girlfriend's with me, so. Yes. Oh, that's very good. Actually. You count on her to tell you where to go because I can't count on her. <laughs> <laughs> she get lost, like even with the GPS. I'm the proverbial <laughs> female. I can get lost with the GPS even. But I actually wanted to ask you before I I know that we will go into the further parts of of this interview. I wanted to ask you for something that is especially interesting for me as a mother of a 14-year-old girl, not a boy. Um, I know that this is a part of a culture. And actually, I think that at, um, until some level, you know, kids experiment. I remember myself when I was young. I like to drink. Marta can confirm she knows me. <laughs> she knows I me. I may or may not have been the one dragging Anna around. <laughs> it, it happened. It happened. I, I, I like to drink. I liked to drink. I still, I don't drink that much actually anymore. Um, actually, I almost barely drink, but uh, I like to drink and we liked the sense of freedom and fun that you get with alcohol. Yes, it yes. was a also, also this rush because in Poland we could drink since we were 18 officially. So, you know, someone had to get it, you know, mm -hmm. we had to send yeah, uh, some older guy, older friend, or, you know, we had the fake ID. What, uh, that, that's not true. That's uh, imagination. If someone from police in Poland is listening, is interested in cases from 20 or years Or those 14-year-old children. <laughs> yeah, but, well, the, the bottom line <laughs> is, the bottom line is, I think we, everyone who've been through this teenage period understands that, that this is actually quite a part of 
becoming an adult, you know, yes, experiment and, so. and do those things. So, and you said that, you know, it was quite all right. Yeah, you could have fall, as, fall asleep, you know, outside in freezing temperature. Happened to everyone, probably, or to many, not, not to, to Marta. Yeah. To many. You know, everyone had some sort of a weird incident with alcohol, right? But there is a point where some people... I don't know, I wouldn't say grow out of it because it's not a matter of growing up. It's a matter of choosing a different mode of operation or making this distinction of, okay, that's the, the fun part sure. and, and that's, that's my life. And there is, a, there is this fork in the road when someone can end up at your side of the path when you basically sure. start to use alcohol. What do you think is this... Uh, determining moment on the fork because if I'm thinking about let's say my daughter I will give you a mm. context and I'm thinking she will for sure experiment with alcohol she will for sure have those parties and and you know that's just a part of of being a young person but at one point it can go both ways yeah what do you think was the difference between you and your friends who didn't end up on the fork road that you did because for sure everyone is also going through insecurities yes. through being unable to make sense of this world yes. and you know dealing with your mind with your emotions with your changing body everything but yet there is this moment when there is a choice being made in a way maybe even subconsciously what do you think was the difference between you and some of your other let's say friends or colleagues that mm -hmm didn't end up on the addiction side? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very good question. Um, I think you're right in, 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 in the way you present the question that, that, that there is a point where it, where it sort of, where it changes into something else. Mm -hmm. um, I can't tell you when that was. Mm -hmm. I can see that looking back, that there were pointers that was pointing in the direction of a problem from the beginning. And as time went on, there was more and more and more of these things indicating, okay, this could be a problem, this could turn into a problem. But I don't think that, again, I don't think it's different to other people. Other mm -hmm. people, let's just call them normal people. <laughs> Um, for simplicity's sake, yeah, yeah, because let's that, just yeah. Say, yeah, that's the, the, the regular user of alcohol. Um, it's just they might have the same sort of hints. And, and mm -hmm. one thing is that they might learn from something that they could perceive as a mistake. But not, not all of them do, you know. Some of them make a lot of mistakes and a lot of the same mistakes for years. Um so what we're talking about now is when is it an addiction? Mm -hmm. And there is a way of, 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 of deciding that, but it, it's not going to be a good answer. The thing is, you don't know if you're able to stop using something until you get to the point where you want to stop using it. Because mm -hmm. if you still want to stop it, there's no way of telling whether or not you would be able to if you wanted to. 
So first of all, you have to get to the point where you want to stop. And not everybody gets to that point. There are people who actually drink quite a lot for mm -hmm. that for let's say 50 years before they realized, oh, I feel like drinking less. And then they do. So they have they, they might look as as if they are addicted. And then at some point they just decide, no, nah, it's not for me anymore. And they stop. That S is actually a fantastic point you made right here, because I think this is all about being able to stop when you want to, exercising your free will. The control. The control. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that point, because I think it's very important. And um, I think that just following up on this and then i will give the microphone back to marta just like we would have one we have two we are not such a poor station I have one too <laughs> you'll have one too yes but uh i actually was thinking that you know for many people because we tend to talk about addictions in this very traditional sense so it's a substance addiction so it's an alcohol and then we have of course you know the drugs and then maybe food started to resurface as an addiction as sure, well sure. but uh, traditionally speaking especially when i was a, a of a younger age the addiction was the alcohol and drugs that's what everyone was talking about yes. when in reality i think we are becoming more and more aware that addiction is just something that is replacing uh, your ability to cope or you are using to cope with reality yeah. and you cannot do it without that, right? Yeah. So this can be actually anything else. It can be computer games, I don't know, uh, social media, mobile. Uh, gam what? Gambling. Gambling. It can be, I don't know, you can even be addicted to buying things. There can be oh, so I, I many definitely things. Definitely agree. So I actually wonder how many people... And you can, you can switch. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, you know, th it could be that many of people that were around you just switched to another type of addiction. Could be. I'm not saying that it was like this because uh, I guess there are people who are addiction free, but it could be that sometimes after some point you calculate and you are like, okay, alcohol, maybe it's not so well. I'm not sure if you are making those calculations consciously, but you find something else that gives you the same effect and you switch to it, but it's not condemned by the society because it's not so obvious. Well, um, well I, I hear what you're saying, um, which is a very, very good way of starting to say I don't agree. So I, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, yes, I, 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 I know Marta very well. I know what I hear what you're saying means yeah, in this yeah, context. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. sometimes it, it actually, no, well, I don't really agree. I don't, I don't think everybody who has an effect from drinking um, needs it. You know, mm -hmm. you know the, the, um, we all get an effect from drinking, mm -hmm. especially when we're not used to it. We all get a, 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 a significant effect. It, it, we, we, loses our, we lose a bit of our uh, uptightness and, and we, we don't care as much. And it's a way of sort of getting to know people fast. So it, it, it has a function. Um, I don't think everybody needs that. I don't think they mm -hmm. need that when they're 14. I think... 
15, 16-year-olds, they drink and they get something from it. But I don't think they need it. They would do fine without it. Mm-hmm. When they meet up at handball or football and they're completely clean and sober, they are completely uh, okay being social in that context. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when we talk about addiction, we need to talk about it as a spectrum. Mm-hmm. That there is there is different levels of how much you depend on using a substance. Um, So just for argument's sake, let's say 5% of all 16-year-olds have an experience that they need this to feel okay socially. Mm -hmm. Then probably some of these 5% will find something else to replace it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the most healthy of them might grow more of uh, uh, self self awareness and self worth, and that will replace what they got from the alcohol. Others might switch to different addictions. That could be anything. It could be social media. It could be eating. It could be other other, mm-hmm. let's say, um, other tools. Um, And then there are people who just need more and more. You know, people who are people who have, let's say, worse stories than I do. You know, people who drink for two years and that's not enough. So they need to drink and amphetamines together. And then they need weed to relax during the week. And then they start doing it every day. And then they need a little more. And then they end up, you know, uh, because uh, cocaine is too expensive, so you end up in heroin. That's usually the end, the end drug, you know. Um, and that can, for some people, that happens extremely fast. They're addicted to heroin at, at the age of 17 or 16, you know. It, so it's a spectrum of, of, mm-hmm. of different, I don't know, different needs and different way of using Um I do believe that most people are completely free of addiction, that it is their choice. It might be that we all, from time to time, use television to get out of our own head or or drink once in a while to sort of let go. Um, But I can't tell what another person's experience of it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So addiction is when we lose the free will in it. If you like. Because I don't think I am the one to define when you're an addict. Mm -hmm. I think people, I mean, I think you, when when you actually, uh, you realize when you're an addict, when you're addicted to something. When something is, how do you explain it? It is in the mix. You have been using it to sort of fix a lot of the stuff that are going wrong around it, but the solution is worse than the problem. Yeah. And then you are hooked to it. And it's, because I've been there, you know, I was for four years a heroin addict, Mm -hmm. you know, and I know how it feels. And you, and you know, if you are replacing it with something else, you know, 
Gothic will give you the same sort of thing. It, it, it becomes in a state of mind that doesn't matter what you're using. You know that you are in it. I need it. You know, yeah, but the, you I need, need it. You know, it is. Yeah. It is a. So I think it's for whatever that is taking that space. You know, may call it food, call it heroin, call it alcohol, call it whatever it is. You know. You know, you know that it is there. It, that's, that's I think it's a definition. It's that thing that it is. But don't you think you could be addicted before you consciously realize it? Well, there is a period, definitely. Yeah, yeah. There is a period it's that a you are going happy-go-lucky, and you know, like uh, because it, what you mentioned, it, it works. Yeah, <laughs> you it know, does. It's, it does work. it's doing the job. Yeah, you know, for uh, a while it does yeah. work. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, for some people, work for as you said it. I I knew people that was. 25 years addicted to heroin, yeah, and they were still going around, man. Yeah, and I met people that that was three years and boom, they were gone. Yeah, so it is, you know, it is what it is, but it is a state of mind, I think, you know, because the, the the substance at some point becomes irrelevant because it is something for you that triggered that solution, you know, because I know I knew I know people that was addicted to gaming. I'm yes, bad, yeah. you know, go to work, come back from work, sit down, no social interaction, no life, no girlfriends for 15 years. Work. Yeah, people lose fingers from yeah. gaming addiction. Yeah. You know, you you, you, yeah. you gamble for money that's not yours. Yeah. It, it, it is, it, it, any addiction can be extremely serious. Yeah, yeah. no, no, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. For me, it's a state of mind. And it's, uh, so I will define it like that, you know. Well, we have, we have a definition when we, When we talk about alcoholism, AA has a definition of the of the disease behind the need to use something, and it's it's uh, it's it's a bit different than a regular disease because when you have um, let's just say you have an infection in your lungs, could be anything. Um, <laughs> yeah, your lungs. That's that. Please say yeah, that good, again. That's, yeah, 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 that's a good example. It can uh, be anything. Could guys. be anything. But let's say you have an infection, uh, infection in your lungs. Then your lungs will tell you something's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, the throat will tell you something's wrong. Your body will tell you you're sick. If you break your leg, your body will definitely tell you your leg is broken. But addiction is a different animal entirely. Because if you are addicted, a part of it is that your addiction will tell you that you're not addicted. And it's sort of more like uh, anorexia or other other diseases like that. It's not just a physical. It's not just in your mind. The way we explain it usually is that there is a physical part. I react differently to substances than other people. I lose control from the beginning. When I drink four beers, I am more thirsty. Then I drink eight, and then I'm even more thirsty, and then I drink 16. I have no control of when I stop drinking. So physically, I react a little differently. We could, that's, that's, that's an allergy. That's just a slightly different physical reaction. My body likes it more than your body likes it more So I have a different, slightly different physical reaction. Then I stop um, for some reason. I might run out of beer and then I stop. And after a few days, I am clinically completely sober. 
then there's a difference between me as an alcoholic and you, Marta, if I can keep using you as an example. After some time, you would start to feel better. Let's say you and I have been drinking. We're young. We, we drink for two weeks at some festivals. And then we stop because we go home and we're out of money. And after some days, you start feeling better. After some days, I will start to feel worse. And the more days that goes when I haven't had anything, I will feel worse and worse and worse. And I would get irritable. I would get restless. I would get... What's the last one, Sophie? Um, Insatisfied. Yeah, dissatisfied with everything. And and I'm I am completely there's no I'm not I've got nothing in my body nothing in my system and I am irritable and I am angry and I am restless and I don't know what to do this I've experienced many times I used to take breaks of like a week or two in 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 the late 20s when I was trying to drink differently and I would feel horrible and then we call that sort of like an existential Uh, what's the word? Existential uh, lack or something like that. That I am not really capable of being in the world without help, without a drug, without something. I'm not able to sustain myself, as you mm-hmm. said. So then what happened? That That's two parts, a physical allergy sort of, and a sort of an existential problem. That's two parts of the disease. And then... The third part comes, and that is the mental that you talked about, Dave. There's a mental idea that if I just take one puff on this joint, everything will be okay. If I just, or just half a joint, then I don't care anymore. Or I just need to go on a bender and get drunk to get this out of my system. Or... I need a little more heroin because it takes away my relapse feeling. You know, this cold turkey. It's wonderful. That, that, that's, that's the best one, no? Oh, yeah. The, the warm <laughs> hug on the inside. Love. Okay. Pure liquid okay. love. No. But <laughs> okay. that's the thing. That's a no, mental that's... obsession. Because I am still so, I'm still completely clean and sober at this point. This is my brain telling me I need this. You know, you could feel it. You yeah. could all feel mm-hmm. it when Dave and I was talking about this. This is uncomfortable. But this is a feeling or an idea I get in my brain. And I'm still clean and sober. And then I, after a while, I, I simply lose the control. I cannot keep myself from taking the first one. And then we're back at full circle. Because as, as I take the first one, the physical part kicks in. And I want more. And I want more. And I don't know when it stops. And then we have a wheel, a continuous wheel. And there's nothing to do about this wheel. And that's the thing when, when you ask, if, is there a cure? Mm. Because I like this analogy to a disease. Yeah. Because there are different types of disease. Yeah. There, is, there are these diseases that you can completely cure yourself. For example, a flu. Yes. You get a flu and then you get it. And most of us just after a week or two are completely healed. There are some that might have some um, long lasting, <laughs> so to speak, side effects of flu, but let's leave it behind. There, then there are chronic diseases. Yes. So alcoholism, is it more like a chronic disease or is it more like something you can cure? 
or like cancer that some cure and some don't? <laughs> well, in essence, you can cure the problem. You can make it a non-issue. Um, I don't believe you can cure the physical part, the allergy, the, the, the part where I, I believe I will always react slightly different physically than normal people. I believe that. I don't know if it's true, but that part, I don't believe you can cure. And the mental obsession, well, um, if I feel bad long enough, I think it might come back. But for me, it's been gone for seven and a half years. It just magically disappeared. Um, the thing or the, the place to stop the disease or stop the wheel is the irritable, restless, and discontent. If I can find a way of being not irritable, not restless, not discontent, even though I am in the weird state that I'm clean and sober, because for me, that is weird. If I can find something that can make me feel good, even though I am unnaturally clean and sober, then the rest of it is a non-issue. Then it doesn't matter whether or not I've cured the physical part because I don't need to take another round in that wheel of the disease. Yeah, like one, one thing that I was really pondering on, because we in, in your story, we yes. were at the point where you felt desperate, you felt it stopped working for you, there was a little opening, you went to AA, and yeah. that's where you got hope. You met these amazing people that they were able to not magical do it for. People. Yeah, magical people. They could not drink for five years. And you have now said that you have also not done it for seven years and a half. Yeah. You feel that this mental part, at least at the current moment, it feels like it's gone, the mental part of the disease for you. It's non-present yeah. uh, at this very moment. And you've mentioned was not present for around seven years and a half. And then, where, where, you know, from the movies, I have not personally tried uh, participating in an AA meeting, but you just get this, my name is, and I am an alcoholic. Sure. And to me, it just sounds like such a, a controversial thing to do to continue repeating to yourself that you are an alcoholic, that you have the uh, identity of an alcoholic or whatever, you know, addiction it oh, is. I agree. It, it just feels like... I agree too. It just <laughs> I, I, it drives me mental. Yeah. Because I have gone through this and it's like if one day I kick someone in the face because I made a mistake with a kid, I'm not that kid anymore, you know? Anyway, so sorry. Yeah, so so that that was just like it just gives me a bad stomach feeling mm -hmm. when I hear people when I hear that well, statement. I, I over agree and over that again. it's controversial. Yeah, I don't agree that it is wrong or unuseful. It is mm -hmm. controversial, and it is extreme to do that. And what we are recommended in AA is to do it every week, or you know at least regularly, mm. to go to a meeting and at a meeting you present yourself as my name is Jana, I'm alcoholic. Mm. Or the meetings where I'm a pothead or I'm a drug addict or an addict. You know, we, different, there are different places to go and AA has been my main place to get help in this way. 
Um, and yeah, it is it is controversial. Um, thing is that if and I say if I don't know if I still have this physical allergy, if I still would react by getting more thirsty from drinking, then it would be very unwise for me to take the first drink because then I would start all over. And I know where that takes me. It takes me to a place where I don't want to be. Um, and, yeah, remembering that I'm an alcoholic, well, I say it once a week. I don't say it all the time. But if I walk, I have this example, if I walk down the street on a Saturday night, uh, it, it doesn't matter if I forget that I am sometimes angry or that I forget that I am sometimes uh, sort of a little bit depressed or that I am sometimes, there's a lot of things that I will do fine forgetting. But walking down that street on a late Saturday night, if I forget that I might be physically allergic, that could be kind of dangerous. I am not sure what would happen if I do take the first drink. I don't know. But I see no reason at all to take the risk because there is nothing in that bottle that I need because I have found something else to make me feel Great, even though I'm clean and sober. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> you cannot tell you have that something that helped you this way and not tell us what it is. Well, it is a spiritual solution. It is, well, it's an existential solution, at least. The solution is to realize the truth about who you are, why you're here, and everything. So that is, that's a big that's a big thing. But there, if you believe you need, let's just say, alcohol to be social, let's just cut it down to that. If you believe that, then you have misunderstood because that is quite simply not true. It might be true in, in your experience that you have never yet been social without alcohol, but that does not mean that it's not possible. So when I believe that I can only be social when I have alcohol in my body, then I've simply misunderstood what I am. And that's a very, very, very simple way of putting what is the solution. And that is to find, well, it is to find the truth that I don't need the alcohol to be social. All right. Instance. So in your story, you have gone through the 12 steps in AA. Yes. You have gone, you have become completely physically sober. Yes. Uh, then you have come to the place where you're not mentally addicted anymore. Yep. Or it's not present. That hunger for it mentally is yeah, not I've present. Yeah, I've not experienced that. Mm -hmm. And then you are not feeling anymore this dissatisfaction and the other, the irritation and so on. Oh, I do. I do feel them but I have another way of dealing with them than I used to. I used to believe that alcohol was the only mm. solution to do that. Yeah. And now I have something else. 
good point. And now I'm losing my point of where, where I was getting with that summary. Oh, sorry. Oh. It's okay. It's not your fault. It was just me. Yeah, he got me there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I believe I was getting at the point where you say that you find another way of yeah. coping with it. Because in your story, you've gone through the 12 steps. You've gotten some hope. Yeah. You, you've mentioned about that little opening when yeah. you when you when you experience that and you've mentioned about hope so how did you actually get to that place where you are able to answer these questions or that you mentioned who you are and why you're here how did that happen in your story how was that evolving in your well, life it's a great way just to get that i'm really impressed martin that you got that part with thank you um well that small opening back then, seven, eight years ago, gave me the opportunity to listen to other people's experience and try what they have tried. And what they presented to me was that you do the 12-step with a sponsor, the way it's written in the big book, and you do that to the best of your ability, and when you have doubts, you ask your sponsor or other people in the fellowship. That is the best beginning I've ever heard of. That's a great beginning. And for me, it took me from the absolute zero to about, I don't know, 5-10% of my potential. I don't know, but that's my experience. That it, it, it gave me a basis that I could stand on. And what the 12 steps offer is a solution to what you can do to, to when you feel restless, irritable, when you feel bad and you're clean and sober, the 12-step has one, one solution to how you can feel okay, even though you're still clean and sober. Okay, so it took you from this minus, whatever minus, yeah. how many it was, to plus 5, 10. Sure. I see you in more than 5, 10% right now. What Thank got you, you there? Well, it's actually in, in it's actually encoded within the AA fellowship and the steps that that you are encouraged to grow yourself. Let's just say existentially, because I think mo mo more people can relate to that word. That that you grow yourself, that you keep searching, that you find, or that you that you use some energy to find your place in the world, the truth about who you are. And and for me that has been well, I, I tried being religious. I tried I tried different tools and, and religion has a lot of brilliant tools. Um, the whole new age, new age wave has a lot of great tools you can and you can pick and choose and try them out. There's a lot of great things in meditation and yoga and um, for me, the 12 steps has been my basis that makes sure that I feel very safe trying out a million other stuff because I know if everything goes wrong, I can just go back and do the 12 steps. Um, and a lot of the tools in the 12 steps I do every single day. They look, they look slightly different. I do things slightly differently. Um, so 12 step is sort of like a base a baseline, you know, this is, everybody can do this, it's not complicated, it's probably not going to make you 
you know, uh, it alone will probably not gonna make you realize your full potential in this life or or find enlightenment, mm-hmm. but it'll get you to a place where you're actually on safe ground. And for that alone, it's worth the two weeks it takes to do it. It's only two weeks. Oh, we can do it in an hour. But you know, to be thorough, it takes Everything a few is weeks. Possible, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. But I, I think I think that going back to something that you say, mm-hmm. that you said, uh, it was that for a lot of people, it's very different. Yeah, you know, and I think that uh, that is a. Uh, I know a lot of people that has gone through AA and uh, NA. And for them, it's extremely helpful, you know. Yeah, you know, I, I never went through any of those sort of things. Uh, I, I, I never experienced them. For me, it was very different. But uh, uh, that's what I believe that is very different for, mm-hmm. for yes. people. You know, some people does need to that reminder because I am <coughs> of the thing that you are saying, like identifying with something that was part of you in some point forever. For me, feels, uh, 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 is, uh, is something out of my you know because i never I, it's I'm, not for you no yeah. but uh but as I, I, i do identify that some people has the need to repeat that to themselves yeah. yes and some and, more and, than and, and I'm, i'm 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 entirely okay with it you know because it does help people like, and people that i love dearly has been helped by them those methods you know so yeah, do you I feel cured feel. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel cured of uh, from addiction yeah Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, because I think when I'm listening to both of you and it happens that I just learned your story and I know your story, yeah. uh, the, the premise of the addiction is different. Um, the premise, no, sorry, the life context, like why the addiction yeah, has happened. But we got to the same place. You though. got to, that, that, that's <laughs> true. But the, the source, the, 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 the part that had to be healed Maybe it's not exactly the same thing. Well, that's a very good point. Yeah, I think I think so, that you might be able to And and I think there. that we also have something of a kind. I wanted to ask this. Unfortunately, we don't have time for a long answer. It's such but an interesting topic. I wanted to ask something like: Do you believe that there is something like an addictive personality? It is recycled so many times, and many times I was saying like: I have an addictive personality. You know, this is my type of personality, and it could. Im- It could be that for some people they are more prone to addictions, but for other people they are fall into addiction because they find themselves in such a dark place in their life yeah. that they basically just need to cut off everything because yeah. their life just destroyed them at one point, right? So this is what I was saying that when the context is different, when the situation that you started your addiction in is different, there might be different ways of coping with it. Fantastic discussion, beautiful statement from you, Yon, and you have a great story, Dave, and it's yeah. a pity we cannot. It's, it's okay. Dig, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, but you know, it's a, we, we, I think we should actually do one more hour in a, in the future because it's a, it's very interesting. And I think many people could find uh, themselves in in those different contexts. That's what I wanted to say. But I'm really grateful, Jorn, for you coming here today and sharing your story so openly. And I think that you did it in a way that is very relatable. And I think people can really like relate to it and find themselves and recognize their truth. 
about their story in it. And I think you did it in a very digestible way. And um, thank you for that. I understood a lot more of what addiction is and isn't. And uh, this, even though you didn't give like specific pointers, that's how you recognize <laughs> for sure that now you're addicted. Now you're not a user anymore. I think you actually did answer that question through your story and through how you related to it. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you and for the maybe it's not the last time. Maybe it's not the last time. Just last question before we hit the outro. Can uh, our listeners contact you if they need a word or advice or are you having a closed door policy? Um, I could imagine someone could try to reach out. Well, I am open to to uh, to adding some sort of way of contacting me, definitely. Okay, then in this case... You know it now. Let's hit the outro. <laughs> <laughs>